Resilient listeners, I'm so excited to have Jen Liss here today to speak with us about her business and her creativity. Uh, Jen, thanks for coming on the show. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit like a short, very short biography of you, who you are, where you're at in the world, and what your mission is. Yes. So I am a copywriter, creative copywriter by day, but I also have a community and a podcast called The Creative Commute. And it is focused on creating a movement of joy. That is our goal. We are all about getting in touch with our inner creators and using that in order to create more joy for ourselves and others. And my goal is for that to just spread like wildfire. Can I say that? Can I say wildfire? It, <laughs> my goal is for it to spread like sparkles, like glitter. <laughs> Let's use glitter. That's a better metaphor. <laughs> I love that. How, how did you find this? How did this come to you? Yeah, that that story is interesting. So at the beginning of all of the COVID stuff, when the world just seemed like everything was getting canceled, I felt like I was really out of control and I needed something to bring me some peace. I needed to focus on something positive. And so I decided, wow, I'm going to be working from home for the first time ever tomorrow. Everything is canceled. What can I do? Like, what is the positive? What is the silver lining in this? And I realized that I had 20 extra minutes that I would have been driving to work and 20 extra minutes that I would have been driving home from work. And I was like, well, that's a boon. <laughs> that's a, that's something positive to look at. And so I decided to use that time for good. And I decided to use it doing something that I know and love, which is creativity. So I would do something creative during that time. Well, then I got to thinking, wow, if this is something that I need, maybe somebody else needs it. And so I quickly thought of the name, The Creative Commute, because it was using my commute time to do something creative. And I threw up a Facebook group and invited some friends and I went on Facebook Live and I the very next day and I submitted a creative challenge and it just grew after that and it has just become a community and then it inspired me to create a podcast and that is how it got started. It sounds like it was very, uh, it was very natural, the, the progression of things. Did you find that you had a lot of interest at the very beginning or did you have to build slow? How did it work? That's a good question. It actually was very rapid. The growth of it happened very rapidly. I think we were all looking for something good to cling to. And we were all suddenly had the things that we love to do with the people we love ripped out from underneath our feet. And we wanted some community. And so it grew really fast. And in those first days, there was so much engagement. You know, everybody was all over all. We submitted a creative challenge a day, every single day. And I was even going live on Facebook on my during the time that I would have commuted to work and the time I would have commuted home. 
So 7.20 a.m. and 5 p.m. I was going live every day. And so I would submit the creative challenge in the morning. And then in the evening, I would talk about what people had posted because so many people weren't working. You know, we needed something. And so it, it really spread fast and it had slowed since then. And I think that's to be expected. You know, I think at this point for me, it's coming home to, okay, I really found some joy in this entire experience. So I'm coming back and saying, you know, now that this has kind of slowed, that the need isn't there anymore for people. How do we, how do I adjust and still be able to serve in a way that brings me joy? Because it's brought me so much joy. Oh, I think it's absolutely necessary. Um, can you give us an example of what of of what one kind of the challenges would look like? <laughs> there, there are lots of different kinds of things. So we could do something really silly, like taking three items, random items in your house, like a fork and a pillow and some duct tape and create something with it. So it could be that kind of a silly challenge, or it could be more like make a haiku about your favorite fast food. <laughs> you know, it could be something like that, or it could be something much more serious with like something introspective and deep, which is really what the creative commute is about. It's really about helping people come home to their inner creators, but also remember that silliness and enjoy and just doing something for fun is so important to us. So it's a little mix of both where there's really some deep introspective stuff, like write a letter to your 90 year old self or vice versa, write a, write a letter from your 90 year old self to yourself today. You know, so there's, we do a lot of different things all in the realm of creativity and sometimes things that people might not consider creative. Um, we, we add those in there too. And it's just so important. It's so important that we do these things for lots of reasons. And, and I mean, your podcast is called uh, resilient network mm -hmm. podcast, you know, and it really helps us. My belief is that those kinds of things, doing those things will help you be more resilient. And it did help those of us get through a really, really hard time. And, um, and there's definitely something to finding some joy, even in a time when everything sucks. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I feel like it's like a muscle, you know, any kind of exercise, you've got to be able to, you know, muscle memory. <laughs> the more you practice, the the more creative you can be, the more resilient you can be. I think that's, and I think you're right. I think it is still as needed. It's just maybe in a different way. So I, I hope that that continues to be a really big source of joy. And, and it feels like with the podcast that you're going to have an even bigger reach with your audience. So that's exciting. Yes. I And that was really the impetus for creating the podcast was, wow, I mean, there's this really wonderful group of people and we're really focused on daily creativity. But I found this little bit of yearning in myself to go a little deeper and to talk deep, more deeply on issues that just didn't feel appropriate for a 10 minute Facebook live in the morning. And so that was why I started the podcast was, wow, this seems to actually be really impacting people in a positive way. How can we grow that? How can we experiment with that and see some new ways to bring that to light? So you said that you drew on your own experience um, in, in being a creative person. Have you always, would you describe yourself as being a creative person your whole life? 
Well, and I like the idea of, and that's why I liked the the original um, creative commute be- because we do have our lives are so compartmentalized. You know, you don't have time unless you make it part of your process and part of your daily plan. You you don't get the creativity on a daily basis. I feel like. Yeah. It's easy to ignore. It's it's easy to put it aside, brush it aside and not take the time to do something that you truly enjoy or just to do something for the sake of doing it. Yeah, I feel like there's not enough emphasis on the learning part. Um, that's been one of my interesting things being a person with um, with a brain injury. So I have to relearn things um, every once in a while. There'll be something that I've forgotten how to do. or And there's so much tension around having to relearn something or learn something as an adult. It's interesting. So I like that you have the freedom within your within your commute and within your your podcast to be able to show people that it's okay to try stuff just because. Yeah, we we just we want to know things. There's this inherent desire to know things and why not explore? Why not try? Why not fail? We were we were just taught that failure is something that's not good and I think that stops us a lot from doing things that we could just try, just try it. Why not? You know, and we always get that like, well, why would you do that? You know, I think our, our inner voice can say that and others around mm-hmm. us can say that, right. you know, like, well, you're not even good at that. Why would you do that? <laughs> and that stops us a lot. <laughs> oh, definitely. So what kind of, uh, what kind of self-care stuff do you do within your life um, beyond the, the podcast and the commute to make you happy in your life? What kinds of things work for you? Mm-hmm. That's a deep question because yes, I, I do think that I am a creative person, but I have often struggled very hard with imposter syndrome in lots of different ways. I've had different creative jobs. I was a hairstylist for 11 years. Now I'm a corporate copywriter working on scripts and writing related things. And it's like, it's so easy to feel like you are your role or you're creative in this way or you're creative in that way. But really what the help, what the creative commute helped me realize is that we're all creative in so many different ways at the same time. You know, our creativity is just that, that inner yearning for new things to experience for new experiences, to make new connections, to learn something new for ourselves. And so I feel like the topic of creativity is just, it's boundless. And I want to really kind of break down the barriers of what people think creativity is. And it feels like something extra for a lot of us. You know, it's like, oh, a painting or or singing or whatever, but it's so ingrained in our very being as human beings. <laughs> it's what we do. We create mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. helping to... Um, break down some of those barriers so that we see that we can carry our creative gifts into whatever we do. Yeah. Well, 2020 was a huge exploration of that for me. You know, I don't think that I could have gotten through 2020 with such resilience if I hadn't invested in some self-care practices. And one of those is meditation. Another is coaching, having somebody to bounce ideas and thoughts off of who can reflect those back to me. 
so that I can hear the words coming out of my mouth. (laughs) I really think that whether you do therapy or coaching or whatever it is, it's after experiencing it for myself, it's so key. It's so key to your self-care to have something like that or somebody in your life who can provide that for you. Are there any kinds of meditation that you recommend? I actually have really dug hypnotherapy. And that might seem odd. I definitely would have thought it was odd, but I knew somebody who was doing it. And so I tried it and I was like, wow, (laughs) this uncovers some stuff. But not only that, it gives you practical like steps to do every single day that will help to reinforce whatever it is that you went through in your hypnotherapy experience. So I actually like that a lot, but I also just like your casual, comfortable meditations where you just take 10 minutes and listen to guided meditations where they kind of tell you what to do or what to see. And it just puts you in a positive mindset. I like those. I've, um, I've been kind of dipping back into, I used to meditate all the time. And so I, I like to ask people because it's good to know I've, I mean, I've heard of hypnotherapy, but I've, I have no idea how to how it works or how it would get I would get into it. So I'm going to explore that. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it's it's really it's really fascinating. You'll have to let me know <laughs> what you think of it after you try it. <laughs> I um I recently started doing um text therapy and I think it's fascinating too. I I like all different styles of I mean I feel like, you know, just like I wouldn't necessarily fix my own plumbing, there's things that I can have help with and that's okay. <laughs> there's like several different kinds. I have been using uh, Talkspace and I really like it. Um, it's fascinating. You do a survey, you match with um, a variety of different counselors. You could do therapist, counselor. Uh, I, I believe there's options for psychiatrists and uh, you match with them and then you're able to have an intake sort of uh, meeting where you talk with each other. You can also do um, video. So you have one video per week. So you can text and then you can text them however much you're comfortable with, like five times a day or like a once a day brain dump kind of thing. But so far, it's been great. It's fascinating to me. And it works really well. I think, um, again, it speaks to our schedules. It's really hard sometimes to come up with, you know, an hour or two a week to go somewhere and go to therapy or even to have that on a, a Zoom call is hard. So it's kind of nice to do it in little chunks. Well, I think that there's even something that being able to do it in that way, whether it's via your computer at home or via text message or a phone call, it, you know, therapy still, unfortunately, is so taboo, you know, and like good, taking time out of your day where you're obviously leaving work to go somewhere and people are like, where are you going? And you're like, my therapist, you know? So I think that being able to do it in privacy when it works for you allows more people to feel like it's an option for them, which I think is wonderful. Oh, absolutely. And and I think destigmatizing therapy in any way, especially right now, <laughs> I think it'd be good for everyone. <laughs> for sure. So are you would you describe yourself as like a routine driven person or are you sort of a fly by the seat of your pants kind of person? I love to fly by the seat of my pants. Unfortunately, I need 
some help with my routine. <laughs> so the creative commute has done that for me because I go live every day at 7:20 AM Monday through Friday. And it gets me in a routine kind of forces me to gather my thoughts the night before to get up in the morning. It puts me in a good mood. And so that has worked really well for me having that routine. And my husband is so routine. He is the most routine person. And so I'm constantly like, Oh, stop trying to force your routine on me. And he's like, you're so flighty. You know, we're always in this kind of push pull there, but that works really well for us because we do balance each other out that way. I don't know, Jen, are you, are you a routine person? I'd love to know what you are. Oh, for sure. I am. I, um, I, (laughs) I would like to say that I'm not, but uh, just because it sounds way more fun, but I really, really am. And it's been, that's been a challenge for me during the pandemic because, um, you know, I got into my, I would write pretty much solidly the entire time my kids were at school. So it definitely made it different. You know, how many computers do you want going at the same time? <laughs> they only have so much bandwidth. So it's kind of like, <laughs> it's different, but um, I'm making it work. It's uh, it's new routines and, and I'm really trying to cherish the people rather than the routines. And that helps me be not so rigid. You know, I think there's there's freedom in both ways, but for now, I'm trying to live in the now <laughs> and really be flexible. You know, it, it's been working out, but it's interesting. I think it's, I always think it's an interesting question to ask people because I think it says a lot about who you are. You know, if you're, if you're rigid, can you be more open to joy? If you're joyful, how can you share that? I think both ways are good. There's no way that's bad, but I, I always find it a fascinating question. That That's a fascinating construct, the idea of the, you know, if you're rigid, how do you break out of it? And if you're joyful, how do you give more of that? That's I, I'm going to reflect on that myself. <laughs> As a rigid person, I often think about that sort of thing. And uh, it helps me not be quite so serious all the time. So you were talking about your husband, do you have a, a, a pretty solid support system that you are able to call on? I, I my husband is wonderful. He is such a positive light and always has been that I think that he keeps me very grounded. He's a very reasonable, logical person, but also always looks to the bright side. And he has experienced and together we've experienced because he had been sick since he was very young and we got together at 18, but he's experienced his fair share of trials and pushed through them anyway. And I think that that has helped to lead both of us. I mean, he really is the leader. He's the joy leader in our family for sure. Although I'm the face of the creative commute, he really is the joy leader because that's the kind of human that he is. And um, he's always thinking about other people. And I, I just appreciate that about him so much. So I have that. And I also have a very close family, you know, but COVID has been really challenging in that, you know, some, some of our, our oh, structures that we had and our support structures have, have been, tested significantly because people have different beliefs and and different thoughts. And so I have had that fair share of my trials as well, as I'm sure almost anyone can relate to. So, you know, there have definitely been some days and the holidays this year were, were hard. I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, but I'm, I'm glad to have the community, the creative commute community kept me sane and my husband did as well and, and other friends. So. Oh, that's great. I think that trying to find those spaces so that we can be together in small ways 
um, because of, and I don't know about your husband, but because of my um, illnesses, I have to be like twice as careful. So we were like super locked down. And um, one of the things that we did that really brought me a surprising amount of joy, and I was so surprised that it was the same for my family. Uh, we bought Wi-Fi picture frames for our families, and we can send pictures anywhere we are from our phones to our parents' picture frames. And my grandma got one yesterday. <laughs> so it's awesome to be able to like, I can't be with you in person, but you can, you know, you can see us. <laughs> so that's been cool. My parents and my husband's parents were both, they all had tears in their eyes because they thought it was such an amazing gift because we can't be with them in person. That was That was a really cool thing. That's so awesome. You know, it's those little things that can create that sense of connection. And I think that this conversation is actually even just a really good reminder to me of how important it is to keep those connections in a new way. You know, we can't do always do things the way that we were doing them and being stubborn <laughs> about wanting to, you know, it's like, it's not all or nothing. We can find new ways to, to still do things. Right. Yeah. Oh, I definitely agree. Now you have, um, you have dogs, right? You have pets in your life? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I have two fluff balls, two very furry fluff balls. <laughs> oh, I always like to ask about those because I, um, I'm a firm believer um, in, well, you know, you, you find the research that supports your thesis, right? So I really, I'm like, animals, it's the way to go. It makes you happy. <laughs> And we like cats, so we have four cats, <laughs> but uh, but no dogs. Oh my goodness. Why why do people who have cats? It's like your collection just <laughs> grows. <laughs> it is. It's so funny. I love it though. You know my my dogs. Uh, my dogs have brought us so much joy over this time. And the thing with animals, I don't know if cats do this because unfortunately we've never owned a cat. My husband is highly allergic, but dogs know what you're feeling. And so they'll come up to you when they know you're upset about something or when something is wrong, they will come up to you and request to be petted. It's like they know that you need it. And so they do. And there have been multiple, multiple times, countless times where they have done that over the mm -hmm. past year. In fact, last night I stayed up too late. And so my dog Moose comes over and he was like panting at me telling me to go to bed. He's like, it's time. He's like my self-care practice dog. <laughs> that's that's wonderful. I like that. I have a cat like that. And I have to say cats do the same thing. Uh, I have one super spazzy cat and she's, she's my cat, <laughs> um, which everyone thinks is hilarious because I have the spazzy one. Um, but it's, they're the same way. Like they, they come and comfort you. Not maybe the same way as a dog, but uh, you know, I think having that companionship, all the research says that having animals extends your life and extends your happiness. So I'm all for it. The more, the better. <laughs> Maybe that's why I have so many cats. So what is your, um, what is your favorite way to relax? Um, do you like music books? Do you like to watch, are there certain TV shows that you're super binging on? What do you, what do you do for fun as far as a, a mental relaxation? I love fiction books. I love fiction books and that really is what I could just sit and do all day long is read. I love to read, but I don't let myself do it mm -hmm. as much as I should. Like it's one of those self-care things that I, I, but sometimes here's the thing with reading. If you're a voracious reader, which I know mm -hmm. you're a reader, obviously mm -hmm. um, he, it, it gets dangerous because you can, that's all you want to do. <laughs> it's, if, once I get into a book, I won't take care of myself 
because I'm enjoying the book so much. It's like this overabundance, like too much of a good thing, almost. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, same. Uh, I actually, I kind of like stopped in the middle of the pandemic. I stopped like reading fiction um, and I stopped even writing it for a while just because I just had to focus on other stuff. It was very easy to kind of like slip into that and like, oh yeah, I don't need to eat or feed anyone. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) that's that's funny that's interesting that you do that too and I know that you're you're a runner too right yes however I have kind of let it slip this winter which is interesting but I've kind of been going with it I'm trying to listen to my body a little bit more than what I have done in the past you know when I've I've run three marathons and I've learned a lot from the experience of training for marathons and it was very good for me but I I also recognize that there are times where I pushed myself maybe beyond where I really should have in that. And so I'm kind of taking a step back, trying some other things and seeing where it goes. I do love and enjoy running and man, talk about something that will (laughs) build your mental stamina and endurance for sure, not just your body. Um, And I think I needed that when I was really, really deep into it. And I might get that way again, but currently I'm kind of in like um, hiatus. Let's, let's, step back and and give myself a rest, which I think is good. It was needed. Oh, I think that's a great attitude. And and that's exactly it. You, you know, everything has its time, right? Do you have a new challenge coming up in the in the creative commute? Do you have something new that um, is, is it okay for people to sign up at any time? Oh, yes. Anybody can join the creative commute at any time. It is a private group because we want to keep the bots away. And you know, just any general weirdos, but <laughs> but it is free for anyone to join. It's on Facebook. Our Facebook group is our main hub and anybody can come in there and join. There are two simple questions. One is, are you creative? And the answer is yes. If you're not, then you're probably a zombie and you're not welcome. We don't want people eating people in there. Um, but <laughs> you, and then not to judge. Our one rule is to try not to judge yourself try not to judge others because we really want people to try new things and to openly share. Oh, that's so, that's such a wise thing. That's so cool. So do you have um, one, I, I just want you to think, and this might be hard. What is your favorite challenge that you ever gave within the commute? What was the one you thought was the most fun? <laughs> well, the most fun ever was probably just that first day. The first day we did make something magical and I did, I just didn't realize how many people would participate, but there were stories and drawings and somebody sang a song. I think there were just so many different things from different people who had come together and we made magic that day together and it set the tone for continuing that and going forward with that. So I I think that I have one that is my very favorite that I I don't know if it will ever be beat, which was the second week that we did it. We we did um, the challenge was to do something that would make your seven year old self happy. And the things that people did that it just it went to a level that I don't think any of us expected. I think even the participants didn't expect for that. That question to hit so hard, (laughs) but it really did. And it was that was a magical day as well. And I encourage anyone, I've done some presentations since then. And in all of those, I, that's like your homework is go do something that would make your seven-year-old self happy. And imagine if we did that for ourselves every day, you know, your seven-year-old self is just full of joy and hope 
and love and excitement, if we did a little something that fed that person every single day, we would automatically experience so much more joy. And we would do it for others too, because they would see our joy and it would just spread. Oh, I love that. And I have to say, full disclosure, I should have said this at the beginning. I have been in the creative commute. So I have enjoyed it. And I've had so much fun. <laughs> um, that That's how I found Jen. And I just we have loved your contributions, Jen. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, it's well, it's really fun. Because as you say, there's not a lot of places where you get where you get permission to do that sort of thing, let alone ask to do it. You know, it, share something creative, do something fun. A lot of the time as adults, we just, we forget. So I think that what you do is so important. And, and I really love the idea of it being, a, you know, something that helps improve your resilience to beating back the, the struggles of daily life. I just adore it. It's so much fun. So can you tell everyone your uh, creative commute, the title? I'm not sure if I have the title of the podcast correct. Is it the Creative Commute Podcast? It is just, yep, yep, just the Creative Commute Podcast. Definitely check it out. Lots of thoughtful um, things about creativity, thoughtful conversations, and lots of really weird metaphors because that's where my brain goes. So you just have to deal with those. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I can't wait. And and again, I want to encourage everyone to find the Creative Commute Facebook group and join. I I had I have a blast. It's it's super fun. So, thank you so much, Jen. Thanks for being on the show. I really really appreciate your time and I adore being able to share your mission because I think it's so important. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast and everything that you do as well. And um, I, your listeners are so lucky to have found you and to constantly be inspired by the people you bring on. Oh, thank you. <laughs> if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. That was great for me and a lot of other new bloggers. It's really easy too. There's creation tools that allow you to record and you can edit your podcast right from your phone if you're really good. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty easy. Or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast. There's no minimum listenership. It's really everything you need to make a podcast in one place. One-stop shopping. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I just loved having Jen Liss on the show. I hope very much that you guys all follow up and follow her at the Creative Commute podcast and find her Facebook group for all kinds of inspiration. I took away some things today. First of all, I really loved how she talked about honoring your own creativity. I think that's something that I certainly need and most of us need to remember to, to honor that and to, to play and have fun. And another thing that I, that I learned from Jen was all about being flexible. I appreciated very much that she decided to use her newfound free time in a very constructive way and, and fit that creativity into her life and help others do the same very inspirational. And the, the third thing that I learned from Jen was look, talking about that, that thing that makes your seven-year-old self happy. 
I think that's worth exploring for all of us. And uh, I can't wait to, to play with that and find that out for me. Enjoy. Thanks for listening today. Yeah.